0: Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. So, we, uh, in my house, particularly with my daughter, slug bug game is a big deal. She, she thinks that slug <laughs> the bugs slug are just, bug
1: game was dead. Yeah. No, yeah well, you would <laughs> think so, um,
0: but my daughter's young enough. She doesn't know that. Right. Okay. In fact, she, she genuinely cried when I told her, I think it was last year when Volkswagen announced they're going to stop making, which we had to explain to her, like they've, they've stopped making them before they'll come back around. That's just a, it's a, an, yeah, a ploy. Yeah. Right. But anyway, she thinks they're super cool. So the slug bug game is a big deal to her. So who can find the most slug bugs in the mm-hmm. day? You know that principle. Now, we don't do the hitting portion, but just, you know, when we're driving <laughs> so somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it were with my boys, yeah, maybe, yeah. but with my daughter. We, but uh, we can be riding along in dead silence, and she can just scream at the back of the slug bug yellow, you know, just, uh, just out of nowhere. <laughs> Whoa, you know, what are you doing? I'm sorry, I keep hitting the mic. So anyway, um, you know, I was at graduation this morning, AT&T Stadium walked out and could not find my vehicle. I drive a gray Dodge Durango, like mm-hmm. worst color in the world. I'm not going to find it. So I'm wandering around the parking lot. When the process, I man, there's slug bugs everywhere, right? <laughs> so within like five minutes, I'm at six. And so I should, my wife texted me and said, hey, you need to let Cadence know, like I'm, I'm killing at the slug bug game. She said, well, just so you know, she's at five. I said, man, I've already found six and I haven't found Elroy yet. You need to pray. Elroy's my truck. <laughs> you need to pray that I find Elroy so that I don't win the game today. Well, I have found another three between there and the drive back here. So so I'm winning the slug bug game. But it is fun. Like, we we have extra points for, like, unique colors or if it's a drop top or not and if it's an old slug bug. And, and then, you know, if it's a slug bug we've already seen that day, that, of course, doesn't count. And if it's a slug bug that we know lives at that house, that doesn't count either. That That's cheating. And so hmm. she's really put some thought into this. It's a lot of fun playing the slug bug game with her. Okay, so this is...
1: Starts over every day. Uh huh. Okay. Every day. So, what do you get if you win?
0: Nothing. Yeah, it's just just <laughs> glory and bragging rights. And, and there are days when she's a little bit. She's. She's got a little bit of my personality. She's genuinely fit to be tied that she lost. but Maybe to, if you win, that's the one time you get to hit. Yeah, tomorrow's tomorrow's another day and she's going to win, but she's on the hunt when we're out driving, man. You can watch her eyes. She's constantly looking. It's really fun.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Hello, everybody. My name is Jeff Keck and this is The Testament. I'm your host and I'm here today with TJ Lewis. TJ Lewis is a youth pastor at Lake Church in Arlington. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Welcome, TJ. Howdy. How are you?
0: I am. I'm doing great. I've Outst- had a really, really good day today. Outstanding. Tell so, us about yourself. So, as you said, I am the youth pastor here at Lake Church. Um, coming up on a couple of weeks, it'll be four years, um, which is remarkable to think about, like, just time. You know, I've been told the older you get, the faster time goes, and I'm really starting to believe that completely, because the last four, year by, last four years have flown by, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a youth pastor for 21 years now, yeah, which nice. is really funny, coming up on 22 now, which is remarkable. I started when I was 17. Um, which is pretty unique. Um, I was a senior in high school. In fact, I never had a youth group growing up. I'll talk about that in my testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, My first youth group was the one that I was in charge of, which is both awesome and probably awful, right? But but that's how my life played out. But anyway, uh, so that's just a little bit about me. My wife is Rebecca. Uh, She just goes by Becca. In fact, if I use the the full name Rebecca, she thinks she's in trouble, like only (laughs) only her older brother (laughs) calls her Rebecca. So anyway, my wife, Becca, we've been married for 18 years of the last week. Fun story about she and I, we went to the same Baptist college, her parents and my parents double dated. Oh. So I've technically known her my entire life. We were born exactly three months apart. Um, My mother wrecked my father-in-law's truck one time when he borrowed it. Like this was all pre-marriage. My father-in-law helped my dad pay for my mom's engagement ring. They preached a revival together, which was really cool. And um, just kind of fun. Like when the first day Becca met me, she called home and told her mom, hey, I met this guy and I could totally see myself falling for him. And. My mother-in-law said, "Well, what's his name?" She said, "His name's TJ." And and uh, and she said, "Well, TJ Lewis." And said, "Yeah, I think it's Lewis." She said, "Well, that's Tom and Brenda's son." And Becca said, "I don't know what his parents." Son? And she said, "No, no, I'm telling you, that's Tom and Brenda's son." <laughs> she knew exactly who I was from you know, 19 years before at that point. But I was uh, yeah, just kind of a fun deal. So yeah, 18 years. My oldest son is Anson. He's almost 14. Um, and then we have twins, Cadence and Zine, and they will be 12 here uh, next week, which is kind of fun. Yeah. So lots of energy in my house. At one point, we had three kids in diapers. Um, when we got rid of diapers, felt like I got a raise. My wife will tell you, <laughs> yes. she really, when the twins were born, she does not remember that year. There was uh, so wow. little sleep, yeah. which, I mean, you guys can relate to that. And But just doing it in twos, like that's, that's no joke, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's funny, like people will come to her because now she's got three kids at this age. Like they view her as like like uh, you know a parenting guru, yeah. right? So they'll go, hey, like hey, have you got any any, a veteran. any, any tips for us? <laughs> and, my, and particularly with babies, my wife is a baby whisperer. Uh, and, but they'll say, hey, have you got any tips on, on on babies and like what we can do? And so she'll say, yeah, my my best tip for you is if you're gonna have twins, have them first instead of second. Because we had our <laughs> oldest first, and then the twins came. Because we can control that. <laughs> Most of the time, people go; they laugh, but it's it's kind of dumb. How many times people go? That's really good advice, and they go to write that down on my wife. Like, no, no, that's not good advice. Like, just give up, you know, hold off a little bit on the kid having thing yeah. until we figure some other things. out. Yeah. but but yeah, that that's the Lewis family. Um, my kids will all be in the youth group this year, which we're pretty excited about. Yeah. Anson was in the youth group this past year. That's been fun. Um, and a little bit embarrassing at times, um, I, both for him and me, like his first week in, like I forgot he was in the youth group. Hmm. And so it was actually, it was this week, this week, like, oh now I guess it was August, like his first youth event. And I forgot to sign him up because he's never been in the youth group before. And his mom assumed, oh, dad'll do that. And so I go to leave for this yeah. youth group event and I realized like Anson's not, I can't take my own son because I forgot to sign, like space is limited. This was right. still in the middle of COVID. Right. So having to tell my son who was so excited to be like, buddy, like daddy blew it. I'm so sorry. So we didn't start off so great, but, uh, (laughs) but now it's funny, you know, all these years I've been teaching students and I'll tell stories about my kids, um, he he's in the room now, and mm-hmm. so I'll be telling a story. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he's sitting right there. Okay, yeah. I got to rethink how I explain this. And yeah, yeah, that's but so the other two are coming up, and so it'll be all youth ministry all the time, like completely legit now. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I don't know if that. you remember
1: the first time that you and I met, but uh, my son was actually doing um, basketball here, yeah, um, as part of the church, but we were not attending this church, yeah, um, and so he was doing the basketball here, and um, and my buddy and your buddy now uh david chase yeah introduced the two of us as i was sitting there waiting for him to get done with his basketball practice <laughs> um and so that was the first time that we had met never thought yeah. about it again until we started attending here I was like oh, i remember meeting him a long time ago yeah yeah right right after you got hired i think is when because uh, he just got through nah, telling no, that me sounds about right yeah, yeah. He, he just
0: he told me this is our new youth pastor mm-hmm. you know so that's awesome chase and i like he got hired like i don't know I think well he started not quite a month before I got hired. Yeah. But Eric likes to bring that up like you know, they hired us almost, you know, together. Right. The way right. it all played out. Yeah. And uh, so I would, you know, and Chase is technically one of my bosses, and so early on, I'd go to ask him a question, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know where the bathroom is. I'm just like you. What are you asking me for? So we've figured out a lot together. It's been
1: fun. Yeah, so. awesome. Well, this show is all about sharing our testimonies in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So if you would, tell us a little bit about your testimony. Tell us what was life like prior to knowing who Jesus was? How okay. did you find the Lord in your life? And then what has life like been like since? Cool.
0: So I got saved as a little bitty guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a preacher's kid. Uh, my, my wife's a preacher's kid, too. In fact, every male that my children are related to, they're all pastors, with mm-hmm. the exception of my, my little sister's husband, who's mm-hmm. going to be a doctor, which is awesome, because my kids need a rich uncle. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, growing up PK, you know, I was, was born a few days later, I was in church, right? So I've never not known that life. Mm-hmm. Heard about Jesus my entire life. I was either, and I still am. I was also an incredibly hyperactive little boy, mm-hmm. so my parents will tell horror stories about me, literally just like running laps in the church building, and you know, lots of stern talking. To I, I probably got spanked every Sunday yeah. after we got home. Um, but the Sunday I came to know the Lord, I was either five or six. Um, it was an Easter. Actually, it was it wasn't Easter Sunday morning? You would think that would be the day, right? Mm-hmm. So Easter Sunday morning, I distinctly remember sitting in church during the invitation and I'm humming the Ninja Turtle theme song because mm. I knew that I'm just about to get my Easter present, which is a Ninja Turtle toy. So I'm yeah. like, that's all I'm thinking about. Well, um, pretty old school church. We still did Sunday night church, even on Easter. That's the kind of churches I grew up in. Yeah. Like didn't matter. Super Bowl, didn't matter. Like church Sunday night, you're in church, uh-huh. right? So that Sunday night went back to church and uh, the guy that was preaching that night, um, he said, I, I, like, I know we just told the gospel story, but I really feel like I'm supposed to preach that again tonight. And I was listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember leaning over to my mother. And, and I, I probably don't remember this. My mom's told me this story enough. But I leaned over to my mom during the invitation. And I said, I need to go talk to, to Brother Anthony. And my mom, who's seen me run laps around the building, uh-huh. said, no, you're not. No. Like, she thought I was going to go ask him if he'd take us <clears> out <throat> to eat yep. or, you know, whatever. And you're not going to talk to Brother Anthony. Well, like, there's no stopping me, right? So the second that amen was said, where he's, okay, y'all come on. Like, I ran to him. just gone. Mom's not going to catch me. No one's going to catch me. Go and I take Brother Anthony's hand and I just tell him like, I like, I don't remember if I said I need to get saved or whatever, just declared to him like, I, I need to know Jesus. And you would never get away with this now. He immediately took me back to his office, like just the two of us, like mm-hmm. that's just kind of those red flag things yeah, now, yeah. But, but at the time that just made sense. So he took me back to his office and they finished the service. My mother has no idea where I'm at, and Brother Anthony's <laughs> leading me to Christ in his office. And I, I suspect this was a tactic on his part, like, let's contain, right? If I put him in my office, like, he can't yeah. take off from me. Yeah. So, like, he leads me to Christ. I pray the prayer, the whole nine yards. And then we walk out in the hallway, and my mother looks frantic, like, what, what you know, where have you been? And i like, Mom, I, I know Jesus now, right? And so this scary moment turned into an awesome moment. So that's that's when I met Christ. Um, again, a whole lot of years of just crazy, hyperactive. Um, it was me and my siblings in the church. Dad always pastored churches that were predominantly senior adults mm. um, uh, until I was 25 years old I thought that deacons were the meanest human beings on the mm. planet truly yeah. like, truly yeah. in fact one of the most embarrassing stories I haven't in student in just ministry period I was interviewing at a church and uh, little to my my knowledge the guy that was asking me this question asked me he said hey how, how, what's your interactions like with uh, with with deacons and I said well I hate deacons well, it was the head deacon of the church that was asking me this question. <laughs> so, like the congregation, like the the group that was interviewing me, like just laughed because yeah. they thought I was joking around. I was being <laughs> kind of sincere, and then he's like, "Hey, just so you know, you're talking." And they're like, "Oh, wow. Well," and just got honest. I'm like, I I have never had good experience with deacon. Like, I I, I, I like understand biblically what deacons are supposed sure. to do and how they're supposed to be, but I've just never seen that. Mm-hmm. Praise God, that guy got that. And, um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of senior adults. Um, Grew up on hymns and the King James Bible, and just all that stuff. We didn't do Awanas; we did um, what did they call it. It was like the like the the uh, generic version of Awanas. We yeah. grew, it was the Baptist Missionary Association I grew up in, and just all that stuff. Um, flash forward to when I'm 17 years old. Um, I, I'm I'm growing up quite a bit. Uh, I'm very active in uh, the Future Farmers of America, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm. I'm Started off in high school, like, sports was all that I did. That's just it, period. Um, in fact, I really, like, the, the dream of my life was to be a professional baseball player. And I was a really good baseball player. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I to be careful how I brag but Like, I, I was batting in the 700s. I could throw in the 80s. I was pretty good, yeah. right? Um, the best and worst thing that ever happened when I was 15 years old, I broke my knee. Mm. Very first football. I was the quarterback of the JV football team. Very first series or two. Um, it was a freak accident I didn't get tackled this guy got tackled and the guy f- like fell and hit me in the knee and just snapped my knee yeah. so my football career like started and stopped yeah. that day at least got when it. my freshman year that opened up the door for me to join FFA the only way the only reason FFA matters was that was where I learned to speak mm. that's I had an AG teacher that um, and I didn't see this in me because I was a pretty quiet guy that had gotten beaten out of me as a, as a younger kid mm-hmm. um, I was bullied quite a bit um, I just learned to stand in front of people and speak, and he just saw like he said, I think you can do this. Well, when I broke my knee, um, I couldn't play sports anymore. So here, I, hey, join FFA. Here's and by the way, here's all these pretty girls, and wouldn't you like to hang out with pretty girls? And yeah. okay, sure, let's yeah, I'll do FFA. Join FFA, learn how to speak, develop leadership capabilities, whole nine yards. Seventeen years old, I'm on a mission trip in Galveston. Um, and again, by the way, this is the mission trip with the other church in town, because I still don't have a youth group. Like, yeah. it's just my siblings and yeah. I. One of the youth pastors in town kind of knew my story. And by the way, I grew up in Anson, Texas, town of less than 2,000 people. Mm. So everyone knew that I was a preacher's kid. Everybody knew everyone. But the, the youth pastor at First Baptist took an took interest in me. And so when they'd go on a mission trip, he'd call me and say, hey, you know, why don't you come with us? He just gave me a lot of opportunities that wouldn't have happened sure. otherwise. So we're in Galveston. It's the last night of the mission trip. We'd been rebuilding homes. And during the invitation of the worship service that night, um, unbeknownst to me, I was kind of ministering to my friends, and it wasn't like I was like trying to, just I had friends that were crying, so I was praying with them and, and just encouraging them and that kind of thing. And, uh, and I'd gone to the altar and prayed about some stuff, even at that point. And then the pastor that was speaking that week said, you know, I, I really believe with all my heart there's you know one or two of you guys that God's calling me in the ministry and the second he said that man mm-hmm. I just felt I I don't know how to describe it but like just God just kind of wrenched my heart like I knew at that moment oh, oh he's talking to me yeah so one or two of you guys like God wants to use you in the ministry and so I at that point I stopped ministering to my friends and went to my youth pastor and said I think he's talking about me and my youth <laughs> pastor said I know he's talking about you like God told me that about you a long time ago dude like yeah. it's just it's finally time okay, I'm gonna be in the ministry. would not expecting that. Again, I'm still a baseball player. Yeah. In fact, the baseball was the one sport I'm still playing because that's the goal. God called me in the ministry. So I, I go home, tell mom and dad. My mom cried like I had signed up for the army mm. because she knew a pastor's life. It's just hard. You know, It didn't have to be, but it, it, my parents' experience is ministry's hard. Like mm-hmm. it, There's not a lot of joy there, but it's what God wants for us so we do it. Right. Um, so I tell my mom, join the ministry in the churches that we grew up in like okay you join the ministry you're you're preaching next sunday right so i went from like just okay i got to preach preach my first sermon you're not going to believe this my first sermon was only 7 minutes long nice yeah, you've you've heard me yep. preach a handful of times and 7 minutes is not it, so we would have been done by now for sure <laughs> yeah yeah um the skills for speaking was there part of the deal was i spoke really 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 fast and sure. so everything i was saying just, just yep. right so anyway preach my first sermon a month later, that church fires my dad. Mm. It's the start of my senior year of high school. Um, it's my senior year. Now I'm, you know, supposed to start preaching. I had preached a couple of churches at this point, um, but the biggest deal was like all my scholarships, every, like everything I had was tied to Texas. So yeah. my dad was offered another job in a, in Arkansas, which oh, I loathe yeah. the state of Arkansas. It's like, and so I told my parents like I'm not going, man. Mm. I'm I'm sorry, just not going. Um, and my mom graciously said, "Okay, I found a family I could live with." So then I went and joined First Baptist, and I was so excited because I'm finally going to have a youth group. The Sunday that I joined that church, the I, I walked down the aisle, shook the pastor's hand, said, "Welcome to our church. So glad you're here." Then he said, "Hey, I need everybody to sit down. I got to tell you something." <laughs> and the pastor resigned that <sighs> Sunday. Wow. And so he said, "By the way, uh, Mike, the youth pastor, he's going to be the interim pastor." And so the church was like, oh, okay, well, that'll be good. So I went up to Mike, and mind you, I've never, like, I don't know what interim pastor means. I've always been on the other side of the, Mm -hmm. hey, we're leaving, Mm by. I don't know what this side looks like. And so I go to Mike, and I say, what does interim pastor mean? He said, well, he says, that means you're going to be the youth pastor now. (laughs) He said, I'm sorry, what? And he said, God called you to ministry, right? And I said, yes. And he said, don't you think, like, this timing, he said, like, you feel this chaos, but he said, I mean, the Lord's timing is in all of this. Like, you're... Join the church in this day, and this is when I'm stepping down. God's called you to the ministry. I want you to be the youth pastor of this church. Hmm. What's cool is the high school and the church shared the same parking lot. So every day when I finished school, my senior high school, I walked out of the building and walked to my office, Hmm. really my office. And for a year, my senior year, I got to serve as youth pastor. And it was like super training wheels, a lot of on-the-job training. But it was an incredible opportunity for me to just learn a truckload about ministry, and, and really for me, to see ministry that didn't involve my father. Because mm. at that point, the only pastoral anything I knew was just what I'd seen my dad do, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. He was a great pastor, but it doesn't mean I... Certainly in student ministry, it doesn't mean I had to emulate everything dad did. Right. So 21 late years later, man, here I am. I've served at four different churches. Um, three of those four, I've been with my wife. That's been really, really cool. And uh, I, I lost count of how many students down at this point. It, it's... A couple thousand, which has been mm-hmm. super fun, and I thank God all the time that I get to be a youth pastor. It really is a tremendous blessing. Yeah. So, uh, life pre Jesus, I was just a little dude. Yeah. Life post Jesus has been like this constant discovery of oh, you've got this for me, or oh, you're you're you really are in charge of my life. Mm. Um, oh, like I you know I was the good kid even even pre you know Pastor TJ like. I, I used to tell kids, oh, you can trust me, I'm a preacher's kid, and then people would laugh at me, because um, I really thought, like, every preacher's kid was a good kid. Mm. <laughs> Turns yeah. out that's not yeah. true. No. Right? Um, but honestly, like, the only trouble I ever got into growing up was pornography. Mm. Um, I was, by all accounts, a good kid, and I unwittingly had become a, just a very self-righteous guy in the process yeah. and carried that with me for a long time. And so God is... At the post post-salvation, TJ, really has been like, no, I'm in charge of your life, and no, I want to strip this away, and no, your talents really are mine, they're not yours, and um, by the way, I can, whether it's a broken knee or a lost voice, like, I can take your talents from me in a second, because it, it's not about you, it's about me, and, and uh, um, you know, I, I my goal is to die in youth ministry, I always have to say that carefully, because God may take that from me, <laughs> so I, I don't want yeah. Him to, and I don't yeah. think He's going to, but... But at the end of the day, like my life really is his, and uh, and so just learning, um, and it's so much easier now than it was when I was in trying. Like taking great joy, and like oh no, like this is a cool thing that God's in charge of my life. Like He's gonna run it so much better than I will. Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I I come up with some pretty good ideas, but what He has planned is awesome. Mm -hmm. Even when it's painful, like the end result is so so cool. Like that FFA thing, I couldn't have planned that out. Right, you know. so that's a lot of what my life so, You know, the, the girl I married is an Arkansas girl. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go to college in Arkansas. Right. I'm, I'm a Texan. My mom told me since I was a little bitty guy, now you're going to go to college in Arkansas, you're going to marry an Arkansas girl. I, I need to listen to Jesus, and I listen, need to listen to my mama. Mm-hmm. Life goes well then, because sure enough, went to Arkansas, married an Arkansas girl, and my wife couldn't be more perfect for right. me. And, right. and, and, and Jesus is just so, so kind, and it's this constant discovery of that fact. And every time I think like okay, yeah, like I know how good God is. No, like it just yeah. it gets better and better and better. And it's just fun. You know, it seems like when people are
1: are when God calls somebody mm-hmm. into ministry, well really when God calls somebody to be a child of his. Yeah. Um Satan tends to attack. Yeah. Um so what what for you was um probably your greatest struggle growing up and and how
0: how did you end up coping with that? So by age 12, I had lived in seven different towns in five different states. Mm. And those are the ones that I can remember. Uh, we moved around a bunch. And again, I'm, I'm a hyperactive kid. Mm-hmm. I literally, I tr- genuinely struggled to sit still. Uh, it was mom, mom tells me I was pretty intelligent, but just listening sure. was hard. I had trouble picking up on social cues. So as a result, I, I did. I got picked on a lot. Um, specifically, when we moved to Oklahoma, so I'm 10 years old, um, it's was, it was funny I was just telling this story I don't, I don't remember the last time I told this story but I told the students this a few weeks ago Um kid three or four houses down the street from me his nickname for me was Queer Bait mm. I don't even know what that meant I just yeah. knew I didn't like it right yeah. and uh, and that's all he called me for two years solid and I saw him every day mm. you know going to school coming back, we rode in the same bus um Sometimes I would even like even an effort to try to get an enlightenment, like he would hang out with me and sort of do his bidding, but he still just called me queer bait or weirdo. Those were the mm. two of them. And there were a number of kids at the school that picked on me for whatever reason. The one way, and then yes and no, the one way that I could kind of alleviate their bullying was on the athletic field. Mm. And I was a pretty good athlete. So if I was on the bullies team, if I scored the winning goal, or if I hit the winning basket, I'm like, oh okay, you're cool today. We'll yeah. leave you alone. Yeah. Right. Um, when we left Oklahoma, which was awesome, I'm so glad we moved from there to Anson, which is that's what ends up being Anson, Texas, where I did most of my growing up. That's home for me. Mm. Um, moved there and, and no one's calling me queerbait or weirdo. In yeah. fact, my first day of class I had two different girls go, Hey, do you want to meet my boyfriend? Mm. And you don't even know my name. <laughs> but I wasn't related to anybody, and that's the—that like, was really working in my favor, right?
1: Um, but all the, of a sudden, the uh, the the options were low. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Yeah. Like, hey, you didn't fresh meat, man.
0: <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it was it was kind of funny. Um, but I moved in this new town to where, um, you know, eventually there was still some well, just twelve and thirteen year old boys. This is what they do, right? Yeah. They just are merciless to each other, and girls are not much better. But but I didn't experience the girl side of it. Um, But I I continued to figure out, hey, um, people make fun of me, but if I work hard and I win, people will at least leave me alone, or at least for a little while, they'll think that I'm cool. Mm. And so in these really strategic years of my life, I began to develop um, a a complex, for lack of a better word, where, where I knew that... That if, if I work hard and I play hard and I win, people like me. And mm. I want people to like me. I don't want to be picked on, so I'm going to work on my... It's like I've got this like kind of insane worth ethic, work ethic, which is really handy in some ways, yeah. but it can also be really detrimental, right. uh, not only for me physically, but um, really for my soul. Because one of the things that the Lord has to unravel me all the time is, my really, truly, my, my <laughs> worth is not in, in, in the things that I accomplish. Right. I'm no more valuable if I preach a great sermon or if I just... Just suck it up in the pulpit, truly. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to do that, but that's not not where my worth is found. But it's taken a long time, and I still have to be reminded of that all the time to work through that stuff. So, dealing with just that constant bickering and name calling, and there was some some physical, I'll never forget, I had a kid, and I don't know how he did it. Like, he had me by the throat in the bathroom Mm. because that day I beat beat his team. Yeah. I hadn't done that before, and like, just like that was a bad day after recess because. You know, weirdo won, and weirdo can't win. Right. And, and he, right. He literally, like he had me pinned up against the wall, the hands roaming. out, would you ever do that again? Mm. And those are just vivid memories, kind of stuck in my brain. And I've had to work through, even the last few years, which makes you feel like a baby. Like I'm, you know, I'm dealing with 13 year old mm-hmm. issues. But mm-hmm. it turns out, like your your brain hangs yeah. on to those things, yeah. and it's going to flare up when you least expect it. So, um, just letting the Lord. Um, Teach me through those things, and also help me to understand. Okay, this is this is why I don't sleep. This is why I am happy to volunteer for 17 different things because there's a part of my brain that's like, hey, no, no, you need to be liked. You need to be liked. You need mm-hmm. to succeed. You need to win. And you got, you can't, and you have to do it better than you did the last time because if it's just as good as last time, that means you're worse. And mm-hmm. just on and on it goes. And and so the Lord is is sweetly and, and slowly but kindly working through that in my head, and that's been cool. Um, yeah. But that was the hardest part about growing up for sure. That and just being. Um, preacher's kid just being poor is not fun yeah, yeah, you know um, yeah.
1: so as we as we do grow up and we develop Um, Obviously, as a six year old Christian, there's a lot of learning to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we grow up and we begin to mature. And especially if you start preaching at 17, sometimes you're not really realizing just (laughs) how deep what you're preaching (laughs) is. And so over time, as we begin to learn and we begin to become wiser, you know, and, you know, as kids, we always thought our parents didn't know anything. But as parents, we realize that there's wisdom behind, you know, those parental eyes. And so as you have gotten older and as, as we get older and we learn these new things what would be in your opinion your greatest lesson that you
0: could teach these kids that you're ministering to I you and I were talking about this before we get to, to recording I man I could give you an answer right now and then I'd probably change my answer tomorrow yeah so like you know there's a part of me that wants to be silly and say like kids need to know that, that Texas is the best ever, and Whataburger is better than In and Out, <laughs> and and uh, you Calif- California needs to fall in the ocean, and, and you know just like some of the, the things that I kind of believe and and are probably true, but not necessarily life lessons students have to know. So one of the things that I do tell our students, um, and there's sort of like a back and forth on it. Number one, truth is truth no matter who says it. Mm. Um, there are um, I could say lousy human beings, but truthfully, theologically, like, all of us are lousy human beings, myself yeah. included, right? Yeah. Um, but there are going to be people that, that I don't agree with 98% of the time, but when they say something that's true, it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay to, to embrace that, because truth is truth, no matter who says it. On the flip side, though, there is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There's just right. the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, But that is common nomenclature now, like just, you know, my truth. And this is – if you want to talk to me about what you've experienced, awesome. Um, But that's not the same thing as as the truth, Mm -hmm. right? And and so at the end of the day, this has always been true of student ministry. What the scriptures say, what the Lord has said, that's what matters most. And so that's you know that's praise God that's what I was taught and that's what I'm trying to relate to them, but helping them understand okay this is what God said and here's here's how this applies in my crazy ridiculous world that I live yeah. in. Yeah, it's not easy, but it, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna die trying to do it. I may, may may die for the cause of Christ, and I welcome that. But it, that's that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, and I think at that age it's such a, a huge lesson to learn in that we we shouldn't be trying to lead our lives. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, because Christ, you know, talks about, you know, denying yourself, mm-hmm. take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. You know, not do what you want and I'll fix it later or something like right. that. Right, right. Um, so I did um, for about a year and a half, <clears throat> was it a year and a half? It was almost two years. I guess I was a youth minister at a church that we helped start back in 96. Cool. Uh, in, in Mansfield. And during that time of being a youth minister, I learned a lot mm-hmm. um, about you know, youth ministry and things, but it got me very interested in doing some research on youth yeah. and what, what are youth dealing with during this time period. And there was, um, whether it be a Christian source or a secular source, two things kept coming back every single time. Number one, they are trying to find out their identity. Yeah. Okay. Who am I? Mm-hmm. And um, number two, where do I belong? Yeah. And so uh, those are the things when, when I was dealing with youth is um, okay. Let's dig into Scripture and let's help you find your identity in Christ yeah. and that you belong with Christ. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so yeah. That and especially in today and today we we didn't have a lot of the issues that we had back in '96. We didn't have those kind of issues that we have today. Right. But they still had their issues. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that was, and I was not far from you. So I was actually 18 okay,
0: when I did that. Cool.
1: So I was right out of high you, school. You get it. And straight into that. Mm-hmm. And man, I had no idea what I was doing. No. But I had a great pastor and I had great church staff members um, during this time period who was able to kind of lead me into something, into some, some knowledge and expertise and, and better ways of doing things. And so I learned a lot doing that also. But, but that, you know, at 18, I was probably learning myself who
0: I was and where I belonged. Yeah. So um, so anyway. Well, you think about it. Okay, so it's graduation season, right? Yeah. I've been to six graduations. I'm going to go to two more in the next 24 hours. I cringe every year, and it gets worse and worse every year, like graduation speeches, because inevitably it's all about chase your dreams and don't let anybody tell you no, and you can do whatever you want. And like these monikers that that sound cool, they make for a great poster, right? But it truly is the antithesis mm. of our walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it's it should be chase the Lord and and do what He says no matter what. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 not what what the vast majority of our culture is selling our kids. Even mm-hmm. like again, like the people that spoke today, incredibly well meaning. In fact, one of the young ladies that said one of those statements, thanked God at the end of the day for her life. And she was very sincere. I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All of us, are, and, I, and I've done it too. I got, Today I'm just going to do, I'm going to have a me day, right? There's just even little bitty things like that that we have to be so careful of. But yeah. this is this is where we're at.
1: Okay, so if I drop some money and I bought you 10 billboards uh, <laughs> around around the town here, 10 billboards on the highways, okay, um, and you had them for a month... What would you put on the now? You don't have to have 10 different things, you can put the same thing on all 10 billboards. These are regular
0: billboards, not digital billboards, right?
1: Uh, um, well, you you get one sign, okay. Whether Uh, that's (laughs) important, that makes sense, yeah. You get one thing to put up there, yeah. So, for
0: a month, what would you put on? Well, at least one or two of them are going to say, Get your eyes back on the road, like just gonna (laughs) jack with people, right? Uh, One of them is going to say, Whataburger's better than In N Out, (laughs) um, one of them is going to say something about Go Rangers, Uh. um. This is your opportunity to tell I'm, hundreds I'd, of so, thousands of people anything yeah, you want to tell this them. Is, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, part of me wants to be cheeky but clever and say something like, you're being lied to. Mm. But sort of leave it open. And then like, you know, www.lakechurchdfw.org. Like, yeah. what does you're being lied to mean? You know, just because <clears throat> I, I am a big fan of—I of, uh, don't want to be bombastic per se, but I do like— play on words, puns mm. are awesome. I do like being clever. I do like stuff that sparks interest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily like the the hokey, we used to call it witness wear, like you know, the Lord's, actually the Lord's gym was one of my favorite ever, just that ripped Jesus deal. But we were real bad about like having these hokey in an effort to try to spark conversation, but a lot of times make it look silly. Yeah. But I did like, I used my favorite one was, um, I am the wretch the song refers to. Mm. And I had been, I wore that shirt and I didn't even fully, again, I wore that shirt when I was 16. That's awesome. I didn't know half the wretch that I was. But yeah. I would totally yeah. use that line. And then, you know, lakechurchdfw.org, right? We got to hit, the a pitch in for the church or, or, you know, phone number or something. Mm-hmm. But I really like clever little things that make people go, what is, what is, hmm, what does that mean? Um, and that line in particular, I always liked that line. You know,
1: research does show that one of the most effective ways to learn is by discovery. Mm-hmm. So pique your interest yeah. enough to you go find out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it, I'm the wretch and then that you're being lied to. I'd yeah. Probably something along those lines. And then the Whataburger thing.
1: Yeah. So that's like three. So you got seven others. So you just oh, gosh. Do, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just we'll duplicate do, them.
0: The, the important ones, yeah, we'll duplicate those so for sure. We'll do those three
1: and then mm-hmm. six other about Whataburger. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Important things All right, a us. new
1: segment on my podcast that I'm starting to do and you're the first one to do it. So <laughs> enjoy. This is called Headlines Today. And so uh, what I've done is I've gone out there and I've extracted a headline from somewhere in the world. Uh, could some print media, online media, or whatever. Somebody wrote an article and we're going to examine the headline. Okay. Now, Here's the thing. We we might understand what it's talking about, and then we can discuss so that. And you just going to read about, the headline, I'm just going to read the headline. Oh, that's even and more so, fun. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we might understand just from the headline what they're talking about. We can discuss that. We can go into Scripture. We could talk uh-huh. about that if, if it's something, you know, a, a topic we need to do that with. Yeah. If we don't know what this is, we're going to make it up, and we're going to talk about it anyway. Yeah. You ready? Sweet. All right, so this headline comes from The Mirror, okay. which is out of the UK. Right. All right, so… So it's backwards uh, already. So, yeah. so um, good. Uh, it starts with mum. Now, mum, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, It's like M-U-M. It. Uh-huh. Here, it's mom. Right. Over there, it's mum. Right. Mum orders chicken from takeaway, dash, but is sickened when she cuts into deep-fried towel. <laughs> <laughs> Should I? Do I need to read it again? Dude, yeah, you should read it again. Okay, it's fun. Dash, hyphen, whatever you want to call. Okay, Mm -hmm. mum orders chicken from takeaway, but is sickened when she cuts into
0: deep fried towel. Wow, that's a bad day. (laughs) So now I'm wondering. Okay, so deep fried towel. We talking like a paper towel? We talking like a? I'm just giving you the the that. I can only It is what it is now. You know, so one of my hobbies is is I. cook quite a bit it's predominantly smoked meat um you know hundreds of pounds at a time right and um uh, but i do some some kitchen work and I, i i do know that it's not as hard as you would think it is to accidentally drop a glove or or something where it doesn't necessarily belong now ideally you you realize your mistake and fish it out but depending on what kind of chicken place he's at and the attitude of you know the probably 16 or 17 year old kid that's cooking the chicken. It's entirely possible the kid dropped a paper towel it and it went, nah. <laughs> All right. So Someone we'll find it. So what
1: we're saying is what we think this is about yeah. is that um, somehow somebody fried a paper towel. Yeah. And that got that's in the chicken That's going to be bucket. my guess. That's going to be your might guess? Might be a regular towel, like maybe okay. they were cleaning, but. If that scenario happened to you, mm-hmm. where oh, are you Oh, I'm,
0: I'm going back to the store. <laughs> like, hey. Which, <laughs> granted, like, if I'm buying chicken, I'm buying from Chick-fil-A. Yeah, which means Chick-fil-A is about to like unveil the farm to me. Like, we are so sorry. Here's free food for the next because <laughs> that's what Chick-fil-A does, right? It's just incredible. So I've just been a couple of times eating in the store. By the, by the way, if you didn't notice, you can eat in Chick-fil-A again now. The, the dining room is open. Outstanding, Praise God. Yeah, yep. it's like we, when we go there. That's. Whataburger, Chick-fil-A, and praise God in town, they're side by side, right? Yep, that's
1: like, um, what is that, like the backup sanctuary? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's, yeah, the students are really excited, because that's what we do when youth group's over on yeah. Wednesdays. Um, but a couple of times I've been in Chick fil A where, like, I've just been talking to my wife and I'm like, ah, oh, it's not as good today. And, like, one of their employees just heard me, like, just say it wasn't as good. I didn't say it was awful. I just said, it's not as good today. And I'm like, Oh, sorry, can we fix that for you? And mm. just gone and mm. brought me more food. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how awesome Chick fil A is. So, so this wasn't
1: Chick fil A. No, I'm betting not. <laughs> is there Chick fil A's in the UK? I don't know. I, I, that's uh, a good question. I don't know. All right, so it's a fast food chain. Let, okay. me, let me see if it gives me the name of the fast food chain. That, that, just just in case you ever go to the UK, maybe yeah. maybe you don't want to go there.
0: I don't. I, I don't I really.
1: Just... I don't. I mean, to this chicken place. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I should say the name of the chicken place though, because that might be bad. It you would know it be what?
0: one I, that I recognize.
1: I don't know. It's 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 not saying what the. I'm reading, the, trying to read the article real fast. It's not sure. saying what the name of the chicken place okay. was. That might be a good thing. All right, so you're almost on track. You're pretty close. All right, cool. Um, so yes, she ordered chicken, and she pulled this chicken breast out, and it—it was—I mean, it looked like a chicken breast. As okay. she cuts into it, it's not a paper towel; it's a towel, towel. Okay, a regular towel like that the... somehow got wadded, battered, and deep fried, <laughs> and it looked like it looked like chicken. It looked like a chi- oh. an actual chicken breast. Until oh she, my word yeah uh, so I'm showing you the picture now I was thinking oh, okay online. this is a white towel Oh no. no that's a blue towel that's it's a terrible blue towel it was it was but it was breaded pretty good battered breaded and <laughs> fried and 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 that was the only thing apparently if you read the article that was the only thing in her chicken box was that piece of of towel wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad day. And so it reminds me, uh, my wife and I went and ate, uh, and I will not say this particular restaurant because I'm not about killing people's businesses yeah, and stuff, but yeah. there's a Mexican restaurant in uh, Mansfield, okay. and it's a chain Mexican restaurant. They're all over the place. So My wife and I went and ate there one time, and I, I dug right into my refried beans, and I put those bad boys in my mouth, and I started chewing, and I was like, what is this metal that I'm chewing, and as I pull this out of my mouth, it is a Brillo pad that they use to clean dishes with in my refried beans, uh, man. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so I complained. Obviously, they gave me a free meal, and yeah. I said I don't like Brillo pads, so I'm not coming back here. Um, but yeah, Fair. yeah. Can you imagine that?
0: Yeah. So this is why. I don't know if I, it was a clean one or if it was used. Yeah. Do, do you grill much?
1: You, <laughs> not you, a lot. Okay.
0: No. So, you know, grills they have those um, uh, the grill uh, it's not a brush, but the big big grill thing that you scrape the grill off. Yeah. yeah. And they have the little bitty the little bitty fine tooth uh-huh. bits pieces of metal. Um, more and more people are saying don't use those because those little pieces of metal come off mm-hmm. and they can end up in your meat. Yeah. So, I've stopped using the tile. I just use pieces of tin foil because it sticks to you. Right. Excuse me. Sticks together and Works it really, really well. But sure enough, it's been a couple of times when I've been grilling, I've noticed like, oh, sure enough, there's one of those little bitty pieces it has been sitting there. I don't know how long. It's attached to my grill now. But but it's, I, that stuff happens. Yeah. All right. I just don't want it to be you good headline. When you're serving the meal, that is good. That's a fun. Fun game.
1: That was a good headline. That'll be a That'd be awesome. All right. I would imagine the the, the Brits will be good for a lot of those. The Brits in Florida. Florida's always got great headlines, <laughs> right? So Well, let's wrap it up with the final question, and that is your favorite verse. Your the scripture, it could be a segment of scripture, a specific verse, or something that just constantly over and over again touches your heart. So
0: I do kind of a, a combination of two, and it's the same thought, and it's it's what I've been talking about too. Um, So Galatians 6.9 says, you know, don't you know it's been bought with a price? Your life's not your own, right? Now, the context of that is it's getting into the the sexual morality issue. Um, But the principle there is still like you don't belong to yourself. But what I do is I stick that with Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 says, says, I've been crucified with Christ. Mm. It's no longer I who live, Mm. but Christ who lives within me in this life. I now live in the flesh. I live for the glory of God. Yeah. Again, like I, I have to remind myself of that frequently. That's mm-hmm. really important. Um, and then the third one, if I've got that, I think about this a lot in student ministry. Matthew twenty-five talks about, um, woe to you, woe to anyone who leads one of these little ones astray. Yeah. You've heard me talk about this before yeah. too. Um, he wasn't talking about babies. Right. He was talking about kids. Yeah. Like probably, I said, Hebrew teenagers. they like that wasn't a thing. If you're a teenager, right. you're at working a job. But, yeah. but kind of that time frame when I'm working with students you know, woe to you who would lead them astray. Like, yeah. well, wow, okay, Lord, like, I'm, I'm not, at the end of the day, I'm not the most important person in this life, but I, I've i got a pretty significant role in their lives. Mm-hmm. Help me do this well. But that's got to start with, okay, you don't belong to yourself. Yeah. You've got to be led entirely to make this effective. So, so
1: the time frame he's talking about is not necessarily an age, but rather what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. when they are trying to identify themselves yeah. and identify where they belong. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah for sure.
1: That's awesome. T.J. Lewis youth minister here at Lake Church in Arlington. Thanks for being on the show, man.
0: No, this is fun. Thank you. And seriously, you got a cool setup. I'm impressed. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs>
1: All right, folks, if you want to know more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com. Click on the tab that says the gospel message, and there you'll have the Roman road and some other resources to kind of help answer some of your questions and lead you in the right direction. And also, if you click on the Testament tab, it'll tell you kind of uh, uh, upcoming episodes that we have, and you'll also be able to click on the microphone there and be able to go straight to all the past episodes we've had as well. Um, But I appreciate you listening today. It was fun. had a good time. Thanks a lot. Bye. (music)